RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the welfare chief says setting up handouts for the unemployed will take too long and cost too much. Tour agencies and performers plead with the government to ease restrictions that have left them struggling to make a living. And police hunt a gang of scammers who conned a man out of $7 million. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lochi Kwong, has again rejected calls for the creation of an unemployment subsidy scheme, saying such a project would take a year and a half to complete. Mr Law said in a radio programme that setting up a subsidy scheme was complicated because Hong Kong does not have a social security mechanism in place which records tax returns. He also rejected suggestions from political parties that unemployment support would only be temporary as he expects the return to full employment to take a long time. The president of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association has urged the government to increase the maximum number of people allowed to gather in public from 4 to 30. Freddie Yip said the higher limit would allow the industry to organise local coach tours. He told a radio programme he'd put the idea to the Health Secretary, Sophia Chan. He said feedback from officials was positive. The Hong Kong government also realised that they cannot afford to keep on giving out the money to all the sectors. Every sector are complaining. It's uh, not enough for them. So the travel agents are getting less money compared with the other sectors. And they are actually the most serious sufferer. In the past almost 10 months, more than 10 months, they have zero income. They have no income and they have to keep on paying the expenses of the offices. Meanwhile, Ho Lai Chun of the Hong Kong Live Performance and Production Industry Association called on the administration to take steps to help performers. He said the government could provide performance venues for free so they could put on shows for online audiences and ease rules that force venues to operate at only half their usual capacity. He said actions taken to help the industry so far showed officials were out of touch. Police say a mainland man was swindled out of more than $7 million in a telephone fraud that even saw him handed a fake arrest warrant. Timmy Sung has details. Police say the victim, who lives and works in Hong Kong, received a call last month from someone purporting to be a mainland official, telling him he was a suspect in a money laundering case. He was told to give his address, ID number, bank account and online banking password to show his innocence. The gang later sent a 20-year-old woman to his flat in Jordan with a bogus arrest warrant. Police say the gang had convinced the woman, who is also from the mainland, that she was a crime suspect. She didn't report losing any money. The man went to the police only when he realized that more than $7 million had been wound out of his account. Officers say they are looking for several Putonghua-speaking suspects, but haven't made any arrests yet. Turning overseas, U.S. media reports say President Trump has decided to nominate the federal judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the Supreme Court seat left vacant by the death of the liberal icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The nomination comes weeks before the U.S. presidential election. BBC's David Willis reports on Mr Trump's choice. Amy Coney Barrett is a mother of seven. She's a Roman Catholic and a former law professor. And um, she would be the youngest justice at the age of 48 to be appointed to the Supreme Court bench. Um, the choice is significant because, quite apart from the fact that um, Amy Coney Barrett would replace a justice who was an unequivocal supporter of abortion rights, uh, namely Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, assuming that uh, the nomination is confirmed by the Senate, this would give the highest court in the land a conservative majority, possibly for decades to come. 
The World Health Organization has said it's very likely that the coronavirus will kill more than two million people unless there's concerted international action to fight the disease. Nearly a million people have died with COVID-19 already. The WHO's Emergencies Director, Michael Ryan, said at the current rate it was quite possible another million would be killed before a vaccine was ready. If we look at losing a million people in nine months and then we just look at the realities of getting vaccine out there in the next nine months, it's a big task for everyone involved. There's the issue of scale-up, there's the issue of funding these vaccines, there's the issue of distributing these vaccines, and then the issues of acceptance. And on beyond that, with the work we still have to do in controlling this disease. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Britain is to give more than 600 million US dollars to a new international initiative designed to help poorer countries get access to the coronavirus vaccine. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is to make the announcement to the UN General Assembly. BBC's James Landale has the details. The Prime Minister will say the struggle against COVID-19 has left the very notion of an international community in tatters. He'll tell world leaders to unite against a common foe and repair what he calls the ugly rifts exposed by the pandemic. To that end, he'll announce Britain will give £500 million to a new international scheme called COVAX, designed to pool resources so vaccines can be found and distributed in a fair way with poorer countries not losing out. To sport now and in tennis, only a thousand spectators will be allowed each day at the French Open, which starts tomorrow. The news has come as a disappointment to the French Tennis Federation. They'd already reduced the number from 11,500 to 5,000, but must now comply with new government coronavirus restrictions. This year's US Open finalist, Victoria Azarenka, says she's uncomfortable with having fans in attendance. Obviously, having spectators and playing in front of fans is always, is always what... I would prefer to do, but having this circumstances is a little bit, I'm a little bit more nervous about that. I don't know why we're trying something new, but I guess we always need to try something new for no reason. But, you know, it is what it is. So. The 12-time champion Rafael Nadal says the colder weather at the delayed tournament will provide the toughest conditions he has faced in Paris. Nadal has dominated the men's singles at Roland Garros since his debut in 2005, but the clay court event usually takes place in early summer when higher temperatures suit his game. Situation is is special. Conditions here probably are the most uh, difficult conditions for me ever in in Roland Garros for for so many different facts. Uh, ball completely different ball is super slow uh, heavy uh, very cold uh, slow conditions uh, of course the preparation have been less than than usual but you know what I'm here to to fight in soccer Liverpool's manager Jurgen Klopp says he supports the idea of helping lower league sides that are struggling financially due to the coronavirus the suggestion was made by the UK government on Thursday and Klopp feels the Premier League should do their part in aiding the 72 football league clubs. People in a better position should help other people, but uh, the position in this moment is for all, all, all clubs not really easy, how we all know. Um, I, I don't know really why, why, how the government finds time honestly, to think about that. I thought they have enough to do um, with other things, but I, I get it. I get it 100%. So yes, football should try to help themselves, ourselves, however you would say. That's, I agree in that 100%. 
In ice hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning took a huge step towards their first Stanley Cup title since 2004, beating the Dallas Stars 5-4 in Edmonton to take a 3-1 lead in the best-of-seven series. They could clinch the title in Game 5 overnight. In basketball, the Boston Celtic kept their hopes in the Eastern Conference Finals alive, beating the Miami Heat 121-108. to The Heat still lead the series 3-2 and can clinch a series victory in Game 6 on Monday morning. Finally, the authorities in Australia are monitoring the reintroduction of 10 bilbies, marsupials with a large rabbit-like ears, into a predator-free enclosure in the remote desert park in the state of New South Wales. Zoologists hope that the newly released bilbies can be taught to avoid feral pests. BBC's Phil Mercer has the story. The release of 10 bilbies is a bold attempt to turn back the clock to a time in Australia when native animals weren't savaged by feral cats and foxes. Since European colonisation, the bilby population has fallen by 80%. Rabbits and other invasive species also compete with the marsupials for food and shelter. They face other threats from land clearing and bushfires. Bilbies survive in the wild only in parts of central and western Australia. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The welfare chief says setting up handouts for the unemployed will take too long and cost too much. Tour agencies and performers plead with the government to ease restrictions that have left them struggling to make a living. And police hunt a gang of scammers who conned a man out of $7 million. That's the news from RTHK. Five, six, seven a.m. Radio Three. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till three p.m. This week we have a smorgasbord of musical themes on offer, with two classic featured albums from the archives. And in between those tracks, a selection of hot new hits from a surprising number of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And before we get to our first classic featured album for this hour, we start off with a few hot new hits from a surprising number of places with the Burkina Faso rapper Art Melody. He's from a landlocked Burkina Faso in the western sub-Saharan part of Africa. And this track is off his latest album called Football Club Paysan. There's a story here. He was supposed to be doing a tour of Europe uh, at the moment, which of course got cancelled because of the pandemic. And therefore he stayed home and recorded his seventh studio album. And it's FC Paysan, or FC Farmer, as it would translate. This track, on the charts, is a tribute to his mother. And it starts off by saying, When I was very small, my mother told me, Son, in life you have to be honest and don't be so... Don't be such a smart aleck. <laughs> Go away. Don't be such a hypocrite and avo- avoid jealousy. So she, he's saying to her his mother, 
Today, Mama, I've grown up and I'm thanking you. So, Gomde is the name of that track. He's an interesting guy, Art Melody. It's his seventh uh, studio album. And uh, he's from the capital, Ouagadougou. He's uh, also married with kids and he's a farmer himself. Ergo, the name of his album. So, he's an artiste rapper. Uh, and he gets behind his plow and he tills the land uh, for his family when he's not playing music. With the pandemic, of course, it's been very difficult for artists in uh, his uh, country, Burkina Faso, and the government has stepped in with uh, subsidies to help them survive. So, with all that in mind, and himself as a, a parent, here he is giving thanks to his own mother with Gomde in his native Mossi language. Sokonor, 